Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Lost in Science for another week. Thank you for joining us. My name is Claire and coming up on the show this week, I have a very special guest. He's actually an um, an agronomist and a farmer. His name is Guy Webb and he's going to be telling us all about a movie that he, he is in which has been selected for Cinema, the International Science Film Festival. And it's all about carbon sequestration using fungi. So that's, I know, Stu, that's something that you're really into because you're such a... I'm such a fungi. Yeah. Is that what the movie's called, fungi? No, it's called Grassroots and it's a... um, (laughs) They came up with a much better name than The Fun Guy, as you would name the movie of your life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But anyway, it, it has a look at climate change and Australian innovations in how to put more carbon back into soils in agriculture. Chris, what do you have for us today? Well, I am... I am picking up on internet memes, Claire. I am I am slightly behind the zeitgeist, I will say. Yeah, wow. Um, I just thought I would take a look at the the <laughs> whole Lowell versus Yanni debate, which has this this this. Sorry, all that... I all I heard when you said that was Laurel versus Laurel. Yeah. Okay. So those who who may have I don't know if those have not been on the internet. There's been this sound clip going around in the recent weeks of this voice that people can't decide whether it says Laurel or Yanni. Um, Yanni. Yanni. Uh, it's it's the dress. It's the coloured dress all over again. Um, the internet loves a nice, safe controversy like that, as opposed to, I don't know, anything serious in the world. And it's splitting people 50-50, right? People Pretty are saying, much. I hear Laurel. No, I hear Yanni. It's breaking couples apart, yeah. turning families against each other. Um, but you're going to break it down for us. I am. And it's, it's not the most scientific thing, but it's, look, it's audio. So how can we pass up the opportunity? <laughs> And, and are you are you going to save these relationships? But have, have you got some some way that yeah, you, do can you have demonstrate the, to everyone the definitive that it's answer? Both? I hope so. <laughs> well, stay tuned for Chris um, possibly saving relationships. On with the show. Well, it's cinema time again, the world's biggest international science film festival, screening all over Australia from May 31 to June 21. And this year, we have more local content in the film festival than ever before. One of the films officially selected for cinema tells the story of farmers and agronomists who are tackling climate change from a grassroots level, using humble fungus to sequester carbon in the soil. And very aptly, the film itself is called Grassroots. So my guest today is the protagonist, an agronomist and a climate change activist. Guy Webb, welcome to Lost in Science. Thanks, Claire. Thanks for having me. So let's start by talking about Grassroots, the film. Uh, Can you give us an introduction to the carbon sequestering technology that's introduced in the film? Yes, Claire. It's a... It's a 
technology based on a fungus, specialised fungus that's able to help the plant to sequester carbon in the soil in simple terms. So it's a, as simple as a seed inoculation uh, with the specialised fungi and the fungi take the carbon that the, the plant is producing from photosynthesis and converts it into a really stable form of carbon and deposits it in a stable way in the soil and it does so at a, an elevated rate. So we're talking carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, then turning into a like a um, a sugar, like a plant sugar, and then and then the fungi transforming it into something even more stable that's able to 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 stay in the soil. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, like a a bioaccumulation sort of a process where you've got carbon dioxide as just one carbon atom goes into glucose, the plant sugar that's got uh, six carbon atoms and then it goes into a fungal melanin which is the compound the fungi make which has got 18 carbon atoms so it's it's bioaccumulating carbon and concentrating it into the soil which is exactly what we want for for the soil we're we're running short on carbon um, in agricultural soils it's lost um, it's reckoned about 60 50 or 60 percent of our carbon since we started um, industrial farming and carbon really underpins the fertility of the soil. It's one of the key metrics of a healthy soil and we're losing it and uh, yeah, trying to find a way that brings those carbon levels up is really absolutely critical for, for agriculture. So from that point of view, we're really excited about the potential of, of what this fungus could do for, for crops and for more climate resilience and uh, better crops and better nutrients and, and water use for crops. But also the flip side, obviously, of that is that it's taking the carbon dioxide out of the air where at present it's an issue, it's a problem. We've got way too much carbon in the atmosphere heating up the, the globe and transferring it in a very simple biological natural process into the soil where we really do want the carbon. So. We're turning a literally turning a problem into a solution. It sounds like you're turning um, it into two solutions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, um, it's, I uh, mean, it really sounds like a revolutionary idea. Yeah, well, we've scanned the literature worldwide for something that is similar to this because we're you know we're really excited and want to uh, engage this this technology and think, oh, well, someone else must be working on this as well somewhere around the planet. And there's no one specifically working on a carbon-fixing fungus, which is what what this is. There's lots of other um, agricultural microorganisms that are used for differing things from nitrogen fixation to disease control and and, uh, plant growth stimulation and and so on. But uh, we can't find anyone that's working on one that is specifically to sequester carbon at rapid rates. So we think we've got something fairly unique, um, but something of its time. Also, you know, we're we're gaining carbon in the atmosphere. It's reckoned by about two parts per million per year, and you know we're, our globe is heating up, and it's a problem that needs to be solved preemptively. Climate change is something that you can't solve after it's happened, after it's gone too far. It's no good saying, "Oh, let's do something about this now." <laughs> it's it's a you know, needs to be solved preemptively, and from that point of view, it's a difficult problem to solve. But, you know, this sort of technology really excites us because here's something that, that there'd be no strain on the public purse 
um, it's easy to deploy. It's uh, simply putting it on a seed, as a seed inoculation, which growers do already. Um, so it, it's and it's supported by economics. So you get agronomic outcomes with it. You get better crops and more secure um, water use efficiency and and so on. So it's a deployable sort of technology that you can see that it, you know, potentially you could use it over lots and lots of hectares of land, and then you have the potential to sequester lots of carbon. The more hectares of land that you can uh, have with this fungus working away, the more carbon you're pulling out of the atmosphere. And the soil represents the planet's largest terrestrial carbon sink. The ocean is bigger, but uh, from a terrestrial point of view, soil is obviously the biggest carbon sink. And so it kind of makes sense that if we want to address climate change somehow by getting rid of that carbon that's already there, let alone the stuff that uh, continues to be put into the atmosphere, then we need to employ the carbon sink that's able to take care of that scale of carbon. And I can't think of a better carbon sink than soil to do that because that's where we actually need the carbon. It's actually useful to farmers. And one of the things you, um, that you bring up in the film is that um, you've got farmers all over the globe. Yeah, that's right. Well, someone coined the term uh, climate army, you know, and uh, the biggest <laughs> yeah. climate army on the planet because I think there's 530 million farmers that are actually, you know, farming soil, but that's supported by um, a huge agricultural industry of, you know, people like myself, agronomists and um, supply chains and all sorts of things. And um, it's reckoned there's somewhere around 2.4 billion people involved in agriculture around the planet. So it's a fair proportion of the planet's population is actually engaged in, in agriculture on one level or another. So that's, you know, that's a big resource to put into gear and, and actually, you know, if we, all we need is the technology that allows farmers to easily take the carbon out of the air and store it in their soil. If you can empower them with that technology, then the whole process of carbon sequestration becomes, you know, a part of business as usual. And um, that's, yeah, as I keep saying, that's what's got us really excited and, and got us just, uh, you know, on, on our front feet with this because... Um, it's such a timely technology. It's, um, it can be easy to despair in the face of climate change. And I'm, I'm one of the unfortunate souls that have done a lot of research uh, into climate change. And um, I actually used to be a climate change denier and not too long ago, a few years ago. It's much easier just to say, oh, I don't think that would be right. That doesn't sound like that, that could be true. There must be another explanation. And then I actually started studying um climate change and looking at the peer-reviewed science and became very evident that actually this is something real and is something that is happening um, that we need to, to face full on and uh, we, we actually need to act sooner rather than later. Like I say, it's a preemptive thing that we need to, to do, not uh, when it's already happened. You are listening to Lost in Science on the Community Radio Network and our guest today is Guy Webb, agronomist and protagonist of the movie Grassroots, which has just won Best Documentary at the Cinema Science Film Festival. Now, another classic moment in the film is when you start up a sort of DIY lab in a greenhouse and your quote, um, science doesn't need to be really complicated and expensive. Um, I really love this approach. Can you tell us more about this lab and um, what sort of results you've sort of yielded? Yeah, look, we've we've sort of put together a real ragtag team of passionate people that um, get this whole idea of, of soil carbon and atmospheric carbon and 
it's attracted some fantastic people and uh, we've just had to uh, cobble together, um, you know, the, the project, if you like, in the early days trying to, you know, get established the uh, proof of concept and get the science done. Uh, so we were lucky enough that um, we made friends with a, a, one of the senior scientists um, in the DPI in Orange, uh, Dr Chris Anderson, who's a great guy, also an apris, a very keen bee man, and we hit it off um, on a lot of levels with Chris, and he's been really helpful, and he got us into the DPI labs in Orange, and the glasshouses weren't being used at the time, so we sort of snuck in there, and we had to set up our own irrigation system, so we sort of... Gorilla science, I love it. Gorilla science, that's right. We snuck into a nearby glasshouse and pinched a few drippers and cobbled a, uh, an irrigation system together and went down to the local nursery and told the local uh, nursery woman what we're up to, that we're trying to work out how to pull carbon out of the air and store it in the soil. And she got really excited by that and uh, gave us a heap of free pots. And all sorts of people have just lent a hand because they could see what we're trying to do and that we're actually earnest in, in um, what we're trying to do. So it's amazing uh, when you when you start taking action like that, that people just get uh, excited and want to help. And it's been such a fantastic process from that point of view. It's uh, been really exciting. So that project has now gone to the laboratory in uh, APAL laboratory in South Australia, actually, which are full of a bunch of good people there too that have done us a super cut price on on all our carbon testing there. So all the way along, we've just had people going, okay, I get what you're trying to do. This is important. How can we help? And it's just been a really gratifying process. And can you share some preliminary results with us? Uh, We haven't got that this particular last one back from the labs at the moment. It's still being tested at the labs, but the previous ones that also um, got us pretty excited, um, we did one with... Uh, just conventional canola, uh, just here near Forbes, um, where we inoculated um, just in a metre rose throughout a normal canola crop um, that had all the nitrogen, fungicides and fertiliser and um, everything, you know, applied to it, just traditional uh, canola crop. And um, we did a sort of a scientific replicated um, trial through through that paddock and um, we soil sampled around the roots 30 days after inoculation and we got a 32% increase in soil carbon in 30 days wow. in that particular trial. That's the best one we've, we've achieved. So that got us really excited because that was sort of unprecedented sequestration rates. You know, one swallow doesn't make a spring and um, we've got lots and lots and lots of science to do before of we course. can go to a farmer and say, hand on heart, this will do X, Y, Z. It'll sequester you know, this much carbon in this particular soil in the, with this particular crop. Um, so we've got to do a whole mosaic-type uh, science approach where we're testing the fungus, wholly the different types of isolates of, fung- of these fungi in different soils, in different crops, in different environmental conditions. So it's going to be different in the, the light sandy soils in Western Australia. It is on the, you know, going to be in the Liverpool Plains on the big, heavy self-mulching soils, you know. So we've got to do all that work. Our goal is try to fast-track that work to, you know, get enough funding behind this this project to be able to go out there and do all this work in the paddock so we can deliver this technology to farmers and they can put it on their seed and, and know what sort of outcome they're going to be able to get and, and get them an economic outcome. Now, where can people find out more about the fungal research, um, more information about the work that you're doing, Guy? 
Yeah, Claire, we've got a uh, a website. Yeah, people can go to www.soilsequest.org.au. Uh, we've set it up as a not-for-profit research institute, uh, the research structure, so we're more than happy for people to go on and have a good look around the website. There is also an opportunity there to, um, to donate any money, of course, if people are interested in... Uh, lending a hand or in any other way they think they might be able to help. We're, we're a very open organisation. On Twitter or Facebook or any social medias we can follow Yeah, we're on, we're on Twitter and Facebook also. So, yeah, S-O-Y-L and then the, the letter C and then Quest, Q-U-E-S-T. Fantastic. Now, um, the film Grassroots is also playing as part of Cinema, the Science International Film Festival. Congratulations. Yep. Um, you're going Thank to be playing in um, big screens around Australia very soon. Yep. Um, that's very exciting. How how are you feeling about that? Uh, totally gobsmacked, to be honest. Um, yeah, we're just um, it's really come out of left field. We <coughs> ran into Frank and uh, Tegan. Tegan's um, they're the uh, um, directors and producers the of the film. Director and producer of the film. Yeah, they've got a, a fantastic backstory themselves uh, really great people. I've worked with Tegan um, on a farm level for a number of years, her and her, her family, uh, farmers here near, near Forbes. And um, Tegan, uh, her partner is really good at uh, making uh, films and so on. And um, Tegan said, oh, why don't you um, have a chat to Guy? He's doing some crazy carbon project. Uh, maybe that might be good for a documentary. So Frank and I got together and we just hit it off really well right from the outset and uh, Frank had some great ideas and he followed us around with a handheld camera uh, for about six months on and off um, for different things that we were doing from the trial at the glass house to out in the paddock and all sorts of things. We wondered what the hell he was going to make out of it <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, finally pulled it all together and showed us the final result and we were just, uh, we we're all just absolutely gobsmacked at how professional and, uh, and good he made us all look. Yeah, well, and, uh, it's a fantastic so it's outcome. Yeah, no, it's a real feather in their cap. They're yeah, really great people, and, and done it, and they've done it again. Um, it's all you know, uh, free work that they've donated, um, and uh, it's like so many that have been um, working on this project. It's just all um, out of the the sheer passion of uh, trying to get this technology up, and um, the understanding that this is something really important that we need to to be able to deliver to farmers. So come hell or high water, we're going to make it happen. Well, thank you so much for chatting to us, Guy. It's so wonderful to hear your commitment and action on climate change and this new Australian grassroots technology that's taking off. And for anyone interested in seeing Guy Webb and other science on film, and why wouldn't you, um, head to cinema.australiascience.com. TV, and you'll find screenings and dates um, and links to tickets in your local area. Um, and for regional areas as well, make sure you jump online and register for a cinema community screening. So that means um, that your community can screen films like Grassroots um, at a library or a town hall um, or a school, wherever you want, um, during National Science Week in August. Um, once again, Guy Webb, thank you so much for talking to us on Lost in Science today.
Yes, you are listening to Lost in Science. My name is Chris, and I am trying to jump on the internet bandwagon and resolve the whole Laurel versus Yanni controversy. You're trying to resolve it, do you think? Do you well, think you can resolve it? I think, I think we can try. Does okay. it need a resolution? No, not necessarily, but hey, that's never stopped me in the past. Um, now, quick disclaimer <laughs> here. Quick disclaimer here. So, as we said in the introduction, this was about a sound clip that um, people could decide whether it said Laurel or Yanni. Um, I think a lot of it depends on what you're listening to it on. It's quite possible the people listening to this is going to be a very meaningless um, story because we were going to play sounds and they'll probably just hear the same thing over and over again and they're going to go, what are you talking about? So, yeah, quick disclaimer, this may not work for everybody because of just what you're listening to it on. Part of the original problem, because this was uh, a kid kid in school got assigned this word apparently and they had to... They went to this website that had the word and they, you know, how do you say this word? And it played the word at them. But, you know, it's on a website. It's probably like a, an MP3 or something loaded in the website. They played it back through their computer speakers. You know, there's, there's a whole lot of levels of potential distortion in there. Oh, yeah, there is. And, and we'll address that. We'll try and address that. But, look, first of all, I should, I should play the sound. So take a listen to this. Laurel. Okay, what do you think, guys? Ah, uh, it sounds like Laurel to me. Yeah, in the in the studio speakers, it definitely sounded like Laurel. And see, now this is the thing. So when I first saw this on the internet, I thought, I'm going to play this clip. And I was at work. I had um, my cheap work computer. I had my extra cheap uh, headphones that I bought from the local $2 shop that I'd plug into the computer. And I played it, and I heard Yanny very clearly. And there's not a trace of Laurel. Um, I, I, the first time I heard it, I was in the car. And driving in the car, and they played it over the car radio, and I heard Yanny. Yeah. yeah. So what I did, you know, eventually was I basically thought I'm going to try this. I um, plugged into my fancy smartphone, downloaded my fancy smartphone, plugged in my good earphones, and yeah, Lowell clear as day. So look, I do think it depends a lot on how you listen to it, which is hence my disclaimer at the beginning. This was a clip that was taken from, um, as you said, Stu was a is a vocabulary site, vocabulary.com, and it was about the word Laurel, and it was about someone pronouncing the word Laurel. What it seems is that what frequencies that you listen to in this sound determines what you hear. That you listen to it at the higher frequencies, you tend to hear the word Yanni, and lower frequencies, you tend to hear the word Laurel. That's what the consensus of the internet appears to be. So I thought I would have a bit of a play with this and see whether I can reproduce this phenomenon. So what I'm going to do here live in the studio is I am going to say the word Laurel and then play with the frequencies. Does this sound like a fun time or what? What fun. Sign us up. Okay. So first of all, I'm going to try and say Laurel in the manner of the previous recording. Oh, wow. Okay. Laurel. Okay. So I'm just going to play that back. This is not me talking. This is me playing that recording. Laurel. Pretty wild, huh? Crazy. Okay. So like I said, it depends what, frequen- what frequencies you hear depend- determines what you actually get out-, out of the results. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put on what we in the, the audio biz call a high-pass filter, where I try and cut out the low frequencies. Does that sound like a great idea or what? Yeah, um, go for right. it. Right, so, so why are you doing that again? I'm going to try and cut out the low frequencies and see if I can turn my very clear laurel yeah. into Yanni by cutting out the lower frequencies. Okay, so, and, and what's your hypothesis in this situation? That, that if I cut out enough low frequencies, I should be able to turn it into Yanni. Okay. So if that you're only listening to the high like, frequencies, like you will hear Yanni. Okay, okay, so let us try this first of all. Laurel. Okay, so that was um, basically me cutting out all the frequencies below 100 hertz. What did you guys hear then? I have to say, I still heard Laurel. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I heard pretty much the same. Okay. Well, look, let us try this again. Let's try, say, cutting out a little frequency below 500 hertz, right? And see what happens. Laurel. All right. So that was uh, everything below 500 hertz. How are, you, how are we feeling about this? I have to say, Chris, I'm still hearing Laurel. I, I, I don't know how you can hear Yanni. All right. I just don't it's get still, it. It's still a muffled Laurel. Okay. We're going to crank it up and cut out everything below 1,000 hertz, all right? We'll see what happens. Laurel. Okay, so I don't know about you guys, but I am I am hearing Yanny now. Do you have I have I convinced you? Have we gotten to Yanny? Uh no. I don't think I'm quite there yet. Oh. Okay, so my theory that this basically was essentially just purely on mucking around with the frequencies using the graphic equalizer, this kind of stuff, clearly hasn't worked um, for everybody. So your own kind of personal experience and your own kind of hearing has something to do with what you're experiencing. Clearly, because there's three of us in this room and one heard. Yanny and two heard Laurel. Yeah. That suggests that it's actually Laurel to me. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, well, yeah, if only the world worked on majority rule. But the other thing is I've, I've, heard, I've heard the same recording, the same clip, and it said uh, Yanny. Yeah. So just that I haven't heard it in what you're saying. Maybe it's yeah. not far enough on those frequencies. I'm okay. not really sure. Maybe this is something, an exercise for us to meet, go home and, and, and prove this works. But, but I guess uh, one of the interesting things for me with this experience, we'll get into it for myself, was that it was my own voice recorded just saying the word Laurel and being able to turn into Yanny. So the, the, whatever was Yanny, the content of that was in that original Laurel recording. And, and people can do this at home, right? I mean, you can just download can around, software yeah. on, off the internet and yes. do it. Things like Audacity is a free um, uh, audio editing program. But yeah, so um, I guess one thing we'd be interested to hear is of these audio clips we've played so far, we've played, I think, four or five so far. Um, the original one and then a few of me attempting to fiddle around with it. People can let us, we'd like our listeners to let us know, what did you hear? Did you hear Laurel at each point or did you hear Yanny at any point? Or did you hear something totally different? I mean, we've had um, some people kind of pitching for, what did you, what did you say? Oh, well, um, there is something on the net where you can actually slide it back and forth to hopefully get to Laurel and or Yanny. But I never hear Yanny, I hear Nyawi. Nyowie. Team Nyowie. Team Nyowie. We have a new <laughs> a new option, a write-in option. Anyway, well, let us know if you heard Laurel, Yanny, or Nyowie, and maybe we'll do like a, our own version of a poll. And that's all we have time for on another episode of Lost in Science. Thank you so much for listening and thank you very much to Guy Webb, our guest today. Lost in Science is recorded in the studios of 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network with the kind support of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Please get in touch with us. We love to hear from you. If you have some stories about Yanni versus Laurel, you can contact us at lostinsci at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at lostinscience1 or find us on Facebook at lostinscience on 3CR. Or maybe just tune in again next week when Stu, Chris and Claire get lost in science.
Thanks for listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.